Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> we got something to move tonight, and we start the whole circle thing up. Help me, anything move, we knock out. Let's go. I am the greatest. Don't play intramurals, brother. They are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Playoffs? What are you talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? What's going on, people? All right. I want to welcome all of you to another episode of the Very Unsportsmanlike Podcast. My name is Quincy, and this is my podcast. And if you want to follow the show, go to anchor.fm forward slash 15 yards, because that's the penalty for a very unsportsmanlike play. All right, let's jump right to it. Let me go to the phone lines. Welcome on the homie Buck from Pensacola and the homie Eminem in Jackson, Mississippi. What's up, fellas? Hey, Pimp. What up? up? All right, we'll go ahead and get to it. All right. And so, first thing, uh, Tua Tagovailoa starting in Miami. The, the Dolphins come off a 24 nothing win over the Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick is, you know, doing his thing. I mean, Miami's 3-3. Three and three. They're in second place in the AFC East. He's had a relatively good season, and he finds out that he no longer has the starting position. So, Eminem, I'll start with you first, man. Did Miami jump the gun by going ahead and giving two of the reins, the fifth pick in the draft? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, from a football football standpoint, I don't know why anybody would do that now. Uh, but then, you know, when you look at how different Miami's – front office has been over the last 20 years since Marino uh, retired. Well, you know, I don't know if that was part of the decision or what. But most, if it was strictly strictly coaching, I, like I said, I don't know the full story behind it, but I, I don't, I never heard of somebody uh, basically uh, having a, a decent season considering coming off a big win where the other team didn't even score. Of course, we all talk about the Jets, but the quarterback play has been been very solid. I'm like, at least wait till somebody starts screwing up. I don't care who it is before you pull them. But uh, I think this is strictly some kind of marketing thing. You know, of course, Fish Magic ain't finna sell jerseys and all that. But I mean, two is supposed to have been there for the future. So to rush him in like the season is 0 and 5, and you know, it's like, hey, let's go ahead and get him some experience. Shouldn't be the case. This should be more like uh, I'm trying to think of a situation. See, Favre was a star. 
I'm trying to think of a situation where somebody came in, they was behind somebody. Uh, I want to say it was like that in, man, it's it's kind of cloudy, this memory right here. But you remember when David Carr was was starting to go down? Well, he never was up in uh, Houston. I forgot who they brought in. <laughs> um, but it's almost like, you know, if you win and you then in, but as soon as you mess up now, the next week the, the rookie starting. So that, I, that's very surprising. I, I'm, I'm shocked, really. <laughs> and, Buck, what do you think, man? I mean, we're so used to people waiting for somebody to suck before we replace them. And don't get me wrong, Fitzpatrick hasn't been lighting it up necessarily. I mean, 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But he does have a 70% completion percentage so far this season. Um, do you think they should have waited for him to have a bad game and, and or a bad loss? Or do you think that um, now that everything is going well, this is the time you do it? Bad mistake. Um, Two is coming off a major injury, almost a career-ending injury. Uh, that's, you know, yes, he's, you know, he's dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's and all that good stuff. I get it. But – also, the Dolphins are coming off two wins, you know, two back-to-back wins. I know they're on mediocre teams, but still, they're two wins. You don't put them in just yet. Maybe wait after midseason, do an evaluation, and then, you know, at that point, if you want to give them, you know, give them some, you know, give them a start, that's fine. Because this is what's going to happen. And, we already, and, and I'm going to predict this now because I already see it happening. What if he has a bad game and then you pull him and then you put Fitzmagic back in there, okay? Now you've, you've messed up the kid's confidence, okay? He hasn't played football in a while. So why throw him in here so early? Just not something that I would do. Let's let Fitzpatrick stay in there a little bit longer and then make a change if that's what you, what you want to do down the road. It's way too soon. Yeah, I, and I, agree. I wonder, I wonder though. I mean, they have the bye week, and I think if they didn't have the bye week, they wouldn't have done this. So I think they they wanted the bye week to give him an extra week to try to get things together for Tua to get things together. However, I don't think you can go back to Fitz Fitz Magic, and you know he was upset about it. He was kind of hurt. He said he may have thrown he may have thrown his last pass because, and I kind of agree with that too because I don't think unless Tua gets injured. You can't go back to Fitzmagic. If Tua sucks, you got to ride it out. Because like Buck says, it's going to ruin his confidence if you take him out after putting him in. And I wonder, did this come from the coach? You know, uh, what's it, Brian Flores? I doubt it. Or did it come from the general manager? That's what I was going to say. I think the general manager is like, hey, you see how the crowd reacted. It's a bye week. Right. Let's go ahead and, and put him in. And, and then look at the so, media. Out of the two wins, I didn't mean to cut you off, but out of the two wins back-to-back they had, just that clip of uh, Tua Tonga Kaloa, you know, playing respect to his parents because they couldn't make it, that got more airplay than the game. So I'm thinking that's the typical upper management, like, hey, it's all about the other stuff, you know. And then when you look at the – when you look at – I think the only way, though – I mean, don't get me wrong, this could work. I'm not saying it's not going to work, but I think the only way this goes wrong is that everybody seems to like Fitzmagic. So if you divide the team 
by pulling him. Now, just imagine you got some folks like, man, we're doing good on a two-game winning streak, three out of four, and now you want to pull our quarterback. And then if Tua gets out there and sucks, that's going to really make things worse. You're going to divide the team, right? And so I, I think you take a chance. If you continue to win, your next game is against the Rams. I'm not picking well, them to beat the Rams, <laughs> you know, well, even I mean, though it's not, in Miami. It, it, right, and not only that, you're looking at the fact that um, Tua – now, what he was saying, he was feeling good, and he passed the exams and everything. But uh, back when he was still in college, all the professionals were saying at, at least a year before he should be in some kind of a full contact situation. So I'm just like, why? If, if you if you're not losing, if if Fitz Magic ain't sticking up, stinking up the place, why risk the health of your franchise player just over? Hey, we just need some more ratings in you know midway point of the season. That's crazy, but that is Miami though. <laughs> yeah, and so I don't agree with the move, but I'm not saying it can't work. I just don't think I would do it. And then I got the Rams on the road against the Cardinals, and then home against the Chargers coming up. I mean, they got a rough schedule, man. They they still got. I mean, the Broncos have still have a good defense. They got them on the schedule. They got the Kansas City Chiefs on the schedule. They got the Patriots, the Raiders, and the Bills. He got some tough defenses, so they're going to test yeah, that hip that, out. That could be all losses. All they had to do was keep Fish Magic in there after about and two weeks. At least you feel like you have a magic, chance. Magic, then, right, then put him in. I mean, I think Fish Magic can possibly, you know, with, with with 10 games left in the season, he may be able to go 5-5, five and five, you know. And if you're lucky, maybe 6 – well, I don't know about no 6-2. and two. But – um. You know, maybe he goes five and five, and then you finish eight and eight, or something like that. But with Tua, uh, honestly, I mean, yeah, you're gonna beat the Jets again when you play them, and maybe you'll beat, you know, Cincinnati. I don't even know about that, but I mean, I, I don't see any more than two, maybe three wins at the most. So. Yeah, then, then, like I say, then it's his health too. So it's just like, hey, yeah, you know, they're gonna test that hip. You know, right. I, I, uh, I really would have waited up. Uh, as long as I could before I put him in because of his health. Yeah. The one in five Washington football team decides that they probably will keep the name, the Washington football team in 2021. Uh, Buck, what do you think of that? (laughs) Look, you got to, you got to have, you can't just keep going around calling yourself the Washington football team. First of all, I understand. I get it. Understand why everybody wants the name change. We're living in the, we're living in a time right now where you know everybody's feeling gets hurt. Okay, I get it, but you cannot have an NFL franchise go around without a damn name. Okay, name it something. Talk to the fans. See, you know, or even you know, if you want to name it after something, you know, Indian. I mean. You can call it the Washington Seminoles. I don't think. I mean, I don't think Florida State changing their damn name, even though they might need to, the way they've been sucking lately. But um, you're gonna have to give this franchise a name. You know, there's just certain people, and I think we'll probably get into a lot of this tonight. But certain people shouldn't own NFL franchises, and the clown that owns this one doesn't he doesn't need to own it because Washington is one of those storied franchises, one of the ones that's been a long been around a long time. And he's pretty much 
run it in the ground, to say the least. So, um, to call you call yourselves the Washington football team next season, you need you you need to go ahead and sell the franchise and get somebody in there that can really run this team and turn it around. And and all the, to that same point, Buck, all this fuck I had to do, man, was get rid of the fucking logo. See, it, the name is one thing, but when you seeing it representing a person, that was always the problem. If it was Redskins with no feathers, no insinuation that had anything to do with the Native American community by any means, just a big R on the helmet or something like that, and it's red, I mean, I think this would have been under the radar for a lot longer than what it would would happen, but you know, Snyder one of them jokers like you know, when you got that money, you ain't listening to nobody. But yeah, man, you know that shit start adding up to stuff with the chicks supposedly and unsensitivity in certain areas, and of course the losing on top of that. So hey, man, you gotta you know you gotta compromise sometime. <laughs> All I gotta know if I ever had the opportunity to meet the owner of the Washington football team. Daniel Snyder, I'd be like, you know what, Mr. Snyder, it's a pleasure just meeting someone who's not only associated with the NFL, but, I mean, an owner, someone that helps to shape the league. So it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Uh, do you smoke crack? I mean, you, you smoke crack, right? I mean, that's what I want to ask him, you know, because he's just, he's, like he's just weird, man. He's just yeah. weird, you know, and so I, I don't know how – like Eminem says, when you're rich, you just kind of everything that comes in your head sounds good because you ain't got nobody to tell you no. And, I mean, maybe they're still fighting with naming rights with somebody, whoever they're trying to buy a name from. You know, I, but, I think uh, it's just being spiteful toward the fan base. It's like, okay, y'all want me to change it? So, shit, here it is. You know. Could be. But why I'm would you do that you, to your I'm own team, you these plain. I'm going to sell you these plain maroon T-shirts for another year. And then when I come out with a new logo, you're going to go out and buy those, too. So, I don't know. But, all right. Uh, but your boy Antonio Brown looks like he'll be eligible to get back in the league. And the Seattle Seahawks is the favorite for everybody to um, pick him up. Do you think that he can um, get back in the league and be what he once was? Well, I'm not going to say he's going to be the same player. I mean, he's still good, I'm sure. But do you think that he can get in the league and act right? Let's. How about that? We'll ask that question. Well, first of all, let's talk about let's talk about the talent. Um, Antonio Brown is probably one of the most talented wide receivers ever step on the football field. I mean, this this guy has a work workout ethic that's second to none for a wide receiver. So I got to give the guy some credit. I mean, and you saw what he did in seven seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, if he would have stayed in Pittsburgh and actually act right, you know, he would have been first out of the Hall of Famer and he probably would have taken some, some records down. But, um, you know, he's being reinstated. But why go to Seattle? Seattle really doesn't need him. Um, they're actually doing quite well with what they already have. Um, now, act right, I don't think you'll act right. I mean, we see what has already now, and unless he's gone to <clears throat> counseling, and done the necessary things to kind of get his head right, because I still think he may have to have some CTE, even though there's not a way to test that while you're living. It, ever since he's been, he was actually clowning a little bit before the perfect stuff. The perfect stuff kind of put it over the edge. But 
I just don't see him acting right because you you ask for your way out of Pittsburgh, you end up going to the Raiders, and you you know you having helmet issues, feet issues in the crowd chamber, you know all kinds of stupid stuff. Then, so we know the Steelers and the Raiders are story franchises. Now you go to the most recent story franchise in the in the New England Patriots. And you don't even get, you you get to put get get your feet wet and get on the field one time and then you start clowning and you, you know you're not even listening to the you know to the your own attorney. So with all that being said, you know now he's you know he's made some rap music, well if you want to call it rap, um, you know trying to make a little bit of money that way. Um, I think he smoothed over things with his you know baby mama or what have you. But I, you know, he still every once in he's he's been kind of out of the limelight here recently. So maybe he's kind of, uh, you know, maybe he's putting on the brakes and saying maybe I should just cool out and just knock that, not act a fool. We'll see. But I don't see him going to Seattle, even though that may be the favorite place for him to go. But um, what well, you know, only time will tell. Eminem, what do you think about it? Oh man, uh, now uh, other than his possible outbursts and attitude, man, the perfect spot for him to go, and he will be wanted. Trust me, if he went to Houston, because they hadn't replaced, uh, they hadn't even come close to replacing Hopkins with uh, big play uh, players and stuff. So, I mean. Shit, man! If he could get it together, man, that that would give. I mean, he would be looked at in a whole nother light. He he would be he would come in and get everything he wanted. It wouldn't be one of these things where it's like he playing second fiddle to other stars on the team. It wouldn't be one of them things where, well, of course, other than Sean Watson. But outside of that, like big moments, he the man everybody looking for to get the ball. I mean, he really could go back in time. And relive like maybe his fourth year in Pittsburgh. It'd be similar to that, you know. Uh, before y'all got Bell and before uh, Juju came, it was clearly like, damn man, what is this Brown dude? Is the shit? He he could get that moment again in Houston if he behaved himself. And I guarantee you, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson would love it because to sit up here and see. Um, the uh, Mahomes just flicking in the air, and, and Tariq Hill can take it to the house, and and then you know Q y'all loaded, you know when, when uh, Dak was healthy, shit he he leading the league in, in passing and all of this. So this dude saying, damn man, I can't even compete with these dudes, and he got Kyler Murray looking like he back in college, and Hopkins catching everything for him and getting yards after the catch. So it's like shit, hell man. If Houston's smart, they'll get them. But Houston, they they another team that got them crazy uh, GMs and stuff. Man, they don't really do stuff the right way. And yeah, I um, Houston would be a great place for him. I mean, if he goes to Seattle, then it's going to be him, Metcalf, and Lockett, and that automatically yeah, so he too much of a probably... That's Metcalf's team now, so that ain't gonna work in Seattle. Yeah, but I was going to say that 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 well, first, if it if it were to happen, talent wise, that probably makes them the the best in the league. 
Um, oh, I mean, no I'll put doubt. Them, no doubt. I'll put them over <laughs> no the, tri- the trio in Dallas and everything. I think that would make them the best in the league by far. But, you know, could he be number two or number three until he gives up the speed, you know? And I don't know. I think Houston would be better for him because he would immediately become the guy if he goes right. to Houston. Um. I mean, I don't know if if Atlanta's seriously thinking about trading Julio Jones, then I would get Antonio Brown to replace Julio Jones. I mean, that's not a bad replacement. You get a draft pick, yeah, Julio, but, but the way, and sign the way Antonio. Ridley coming on though, I don't know the way Ridley coming on. It, see, one thing about Brown, he got to be. He can't be no. I'm competing with nobody. He clearly got to be the man. But that's see, the only he way he's going to halfway at right. But he has to go somewhere where there's a good quarterback too. He couldn't play in Chicago. Nick Foles nah, he not play in Chicago. I mean, he uh, could go to Philly. Philly could use him. We definitely could use him. We definitely could use got him. But, but, like, two receivers living right now. So, I mean. But the thing about it, but, but Travis Fulgham, man, um, shit, I, I think he's legitimately going to just be a starting receiver. I mean, but ain't nobody going to choose him over Antonio Brown. If Antonio Brown came in, everybody, ain't nobody going to say Antonio Fulgham your number one, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, like I said, I, 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 would, I would love to have Brown, but I just, I don't know. Uh, the I, I the just 49ers that, could use him. The team that really leaves him, um, that he'll never go back to, the Raiders. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll I mean, tell you who else, too. The damn Jets with Sam Donald. Oh, boy, man. I, I mean, he destroyed New York. Him. He would destroy yeah. New York. Yeah, I know he would. He would. But the yeah. thing about it, he, he, he won't, he won't go if, there. If he make New York work in his favor, man, that I mean, yeah. if, I if mean, he get them to win it, shit. Baltimore but would be great. Is, this is what he has to understand. He's got to take a a a you know minimum deal because of all the bullshit that he's caused over the past few years. He's he's not going to be able to get in there and get max dollars like he wants. Even though he th- he may think that, but he's gonna have to take a, a prove it deal. Now maybe you know he may have to go in if he goes to Seattle. Let's just say if he goes to Seattle, he signs a one year deal, okay, a one year prove it deal. And then if, you know if he does well, then he might be able to get out there. You know, let's say he does something just ridiculous, like he goes out there and gets you know ten touchdowns in the last ten games or eight games or something like that, and, you know, gets over 1,000 yards, then he will get, you know, a, a decent contract. But I, I do agree, agree with um, Eminem that he needs to go to Houston because Houston would be the perfect spot for him. Man, it will make them jokers a, a, a playoff contender if he goes there. Then he will be the man. Yeah. All right, let me go up to New Jersey. Got Ray joining the show. What's up, man? Yo, Ray. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hi, everybody. Hey, what's happening? Talking about Antonio, talking about Antonio Brown possibly going to Seattle, but we were thinking of other places he may be able to go. Do you think Antonio Brown's ready to act right? Well, yeah. Well, I think he don't have no choice. You know what I mean? Nothing uh, lets you see things clearly like time. And when a guy is making seventeen and a half million, which wouldn't have been a lot of money for receiver now, so probably for eight games, he probably signed a two million dollar deal. There'd be a few teams fighting over 
what you call peanuts in professional sports, you know, they give you two and a half, somebody may give you 2.75, and, you know, that type of shit. If it's me, like, before the season started, I was saying that's probably where he's going to land. Now, with Metcalf and Lockett and him, he's trying to get a chip. And if you're going to get a chip, I wouldn't fool fool around in Houston because, to me, Deshaun Watson is – it's great at times, but then he's yeah, at other times. And we know what Russell Wilson going to do. Man, the Brown get open is unstoppable with the way Big have is playing right now. So they can score with anybody. With the 49ers hobbled and hurt and everything else, them guys can just about run the table and, and get in that Super Bowl and you know, all Russell Wilson need is time. Them guys gonna be wide open because they can't. Who has those type of corners? They can call it Brown, Lockett, and Metcalf. You know, and then uh, this other boy, two more, I believe. He's a good receiver. So it it it'll be some problems over there. If I was Brown, I would go with Russell Wilson. That's a good organization, a class organization. If you do what he's supposed to do. They're going to talk up for him. He can come right in and get him a good contract and perhaps start all over again. Now, I still don't believe, no matter what he does in these eight games, that somebody's going to put, you know, three years, $55 million on the table or something like that. I think that now Brown can come in and still get 11, 1,200 yards in eight games. But the thing is, is, okay, next year you come back, Seattle may try to keep you. They may offer you, you know, a two-year deal, $15 million each or something like that. But he just messed up so much money by trying to do things his way. And you know what I think he realizes now? When he has a big house, he has a big car, this and that and the other, he realizes he's not as rich as he believes he is. Like when a guy come up and, you know, putting up his bank account and stuff like that, you played all them years, and all you got in there is $17 million or whatever. Not saying it's a little bit, but, you know, you got commercials. You got everything, endorsing this, endorsing that. And that's what you got? That show you you ain't taking care of your money. And you still spending at a high rate, although you ain't bringing nothing in. That 17 might be eight right now. So now he got to be old, you know, taking care of folks and stuff. You know how that go. I think he'll come in and act right and do what he got to do. And he could really, really put them guys over the top. I mean, Green Bay would be a nice spot for him, too, with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams over there. He'll respect Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to respect Russell Wilson the same way. And, I mean, either way, it'll be a good spot. I would just like to see him back in the league. I just hate to see guys wasting all that talent. And, you know, just like all the shit come back. Yeah, Josh Gordon. If if you can play like that and you uh been out of the game for that long, what all Smith was right there with JJ Watt before he went out. If I'm not if I'm not he mistaken, was Josh Gordon is is signed to uh Seattle as well, right? I don't know where he is, but yeah, he's I think signed he's still there. I think he's there. Yeah, so so man, them guys can really blast off because when you can get a player that is that good on the cheap? You have to consider that. 
Now, I don't know what the deal is with Earl Thomas, and but a lot of people don't want him to want to deal with him and stuff like that. But you bring that guy in for a million and a half back to Seattle, man, they just about could sew this thing up. So, yeah, I just yeah. want to see Brown back in the league. Because man, the I way hate they... to see a guy get knocked down for allegations. Now, if he on film slapping a woman or beating a woman or this and that, he ain't got to take nothing from nobody because he already famous. He's women going crazy and this and that, but all off allegations. But the man that missed You know what? The allegations the don't, even, don't, don't, bother, don't bother me because, you know, that's, of course, we don't know if it's true or not. It's, his, his, it's him that bothers me the most, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think that people would, would deal with whatever legal issues he has and let the courts resolve that, but to me, it's his mm-hmm. behavior as far as how he reacts to all of that. He just lets too much get under his skin. And um, well, I don't know, but I, I want to yeah. see the dude see the dude that right, man. I would love to see him. I mean, I yeah. feel like everybody. Oh, yeah, I wish he would. Yeah, I just want to see the guy just he, come in and do his job, and he can get another he can get another nice contract, man. He's still young because enough. Because had he not missed, he got almost what twelve thousand yards now, I believe. Had he not messed up, he'd have been somewhere around thirteen thousand or so. Now, yeah. if, by the time he played this year out, he'd probably been fourth all time or something, and got five more good years in him. So yeah, well he um, you know he has eleven thousand two sixty three and seventy five touchdowns. So yeah, had he played last year and then this year, he. He would have been walking in the next year of close to 14,000 yards, maybe, and probably 90 touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. So. Then only guys got 14,000 yards is Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, uh, Randy Moss, and Anthony Gonzalez. rest of them got and Larry Fitzgerald. Nobody else got that. You see what I'm saying? So he just about would be in the hole had he played and kept his mouth shut. But, you know, I don't know, and I, I just I'd like to see the guy back on the field. I just wish Actually, he there's, shut some up other, there's some other people with 14,000 yards. 15,000 is the number. Uh, 15,000. Oh, uh, Isaac Bruce is there too, right? Yeah, Isaac Bruce, Randy Miles, Tony Gonzalez. Now, 14,000, you're talking about Tim Brown, Steve Smith, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, and James Lofton. And, okay. Uh, but he would be – he definitely would have been guys in the hole. top it's 10. He's ineligible yet. Yeah, and, and Fitzgerald was still playing. Fitzgerald, yeah. um, he's on his way to about close to 18,000. I don't know if he's going to get to 18 unless he plays next year because he needs about 800 more yards. But, I mean, it's plenty of time that he got the ball. So, yeah, he'd be in a league company for sure. But, all right, so let's get to the games. And, Eminem, I'll start with you, man. What stood out – what players stood out to you in, in week – what was this, week six for the right reasons and who stood out for the wrong reasons? And it can't be someone from your favorite team, the Eagles. <laughs> all right, man. This guy stood out to me. He should be mentioned in the, uh, in the MVP uh, voting. Uh, at least a candidate, man. That fucking Derrick Henry, man. That that motherfucker showed out this weekend. Uh, and the ones that uh, was the disappointment was uh, Andy Dalton because 
it's like this weekend, as bad as y'all look, was the time for him to seize the moment. You had Zeke fucking up with all the fumbles. Of course, Dak's out. You got a, a, a nine-year pure starter, Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. You seize the moment. You become the hero, even if you don't lose, even if you don't win. But if you just make it, just look good, you know, then you might get the people whispering like, "Hey, this might be the guy." So yeah, but did, let, me, uh, let me play devil. Let me play devil's advocate. No pun intended with Andy Dalton, but let me play devil's okay. advocate. Or right. if you can name one person on the Cowboys offensive line that finished that game, I'll cash up you three dollars. <laughs> three dollars. Well, it's $30. Make it, make it interesting. Hey, man, I mean, I'm on a low-budget. This is a low-budget podcast, but. Ah, uh, damn. I, man, I want to hear that. Yeah, I, I ain't too good, good with alignment like that. But but I understand your point. <laughs> but but but, but it, it was some stuff, though. See, so every, every moment don't have – the line is, is, is bad. Don't get me wrong. But every single thing ain't the line all the time. All you got to do is watch the film. That's on anybody's team, anytime, you know. These guys talking about, oh, we, we got hurt linemen and all that. Yeah, that's true, but if somebody give you a, a clean pocket for half a second and you still uh, missing here and there, I mean, that's still on you, you know. And, uh, you know, so. But Derrick Henry, though, man, that, that dude, boy, I mean, running backs never get no love and stuff like that, but, I mean, shit. I mean, if people don't respect Derrick Henry, then I don't know what they looking at. So let me ask you all this, and this is for, for whoever wants to answer. Who could you possibly compare Derrick Henry to from back in the day, like a, a running back from back in the day? Can you think of anybody he compares to? Nobody. I'm going to say Jerome Bettis. I'm going to say Jerome Bettis, Nobody. but he's faster. Um, and uh, the thing is, go ahead, go ahead, Buck. I'm going to say Jerome Bettis because Jerome Bettis had a, had a knack of just running through people. Derrick Henry does that. The difference is Derrick Henry is not quite as big as Jerome Bettis, but he's faster than Jerome Bettis. So that makes him even more dangerous because he gets to this, he gets to the your know, last line of defense so fast. You back there with DBs that's right around two hundred pounds, and and, and and he's tractorizing them guys out there. I mean, he make yeah, I mean, yeah. it don't make no damn sense. So hey, I, if I had to I got one for you. I, I gotta say Jerome Bettis. I got one for you. If if Eric Dickerson and Christian McCarthy ran the train on a chick and both of them split an egg, Derrick Henry would be the all <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think anybody – Ray, you got somebody? I don't think there's no one that you can compare them to. No, absolutely not. I mean, I've been watching football a long time. I've seen Earl Campbell, Chuck Muncy. I see a lot of guys running over people. But – like that, no, they got straight running through people, running over them, running around them, and running away from them. I mean, he he's a special running back. I mean, I never seen nobody that big getting the win like that. Usually they get a long run, they get caught somewhere, or they do this and that. But, man, that guy was uh, – but it was just just awesome because I was looking at his uh, high school record when he was at Alabama. For a guy to get, he had something ridiculous like eleven thousand yards or something. Now you can understand a guy being hellified running back going to a big school, 
and he getting 2,500, 2,800 yards his senior year, maybe a junior year, but to get 11,000 yards or whatever he had, he had to average damn near 2,600, 2,700 yards each year he was in school. Then he come to Alabama running all over people like that and won the Heisman Trophy. We was one pick away from this guy. We picked, uh, I forget what the guy's name is now, Jihad Ward, and left Derrick Henry on the damn board. Talking about a project. We can't wait to get our hands on him. Y'all crazy. We He would still been running right now had we took that draft pick. Yeah. yeah, no, I had never seen nobody like Derrick Henry in the National Football League, so that's all football. So, yeah, no. I, I can't compare him to anybody either, man. I mean, he's faster than Larry Zonka. He's faster than John Riggins. Um, he's bigger than Eddie George. He's, you know, he's he runs he's, – he's more physical than Bo Jackson, in my opinion, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's the closest person I can think of, but Bo's not as big as yeah. Derrick Henry. Yeah, Jerome, yeah, he, he, way bigger than both. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bo was close. Nah, Bo was two thirty-five. But yeah, yeah. Derrick Henry yeah, was all legs. Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah, Jerome Bettis isn't that, wasn't. Um, I mean, he went. He didn't run away from and I, I thought about, like, Ernest Bonner, a big back, but Ernest Bonner wasn't as good. I'll throw a name out at you. And this going, you want to blow the dust off this thing. And he was only good for, like, a couple of seasons, but when he was good, he was he was pretty decent. I thought about Chuck Foreman. Y'all remember Chuck Foreman? He used to play with the Vikings? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a strong wrestler. But he's not nearly as big as, um, yeah, as him. So I I think Derrick Henry was one of the kind, man. He, he's gonna be somebody we we compare other I people to. I told you he that he that all spring, man. But but but, but once again, I heard everybody's talk. But see, that's why I say no disrespect to the older guys. But see, nobody say Jim Brown. Now Jim Brown did what he did this time, but ain't no way he's gonna Derrick Henry. You say that, people go crazy. But watch the film. Why yeah, I, I'm not going to say. Against? And Jim Brown was who big. Who you doing against? And Jim Brown was, was was big, but I I don't think Jim Brown yeah. was as it was as physical as as Derrick Henry. And, oh, oh, absolutely not. You know, yeah. so yeah, I mean, but, I, but I mean, did, he what, what, what he did to Josh Norman, man, he sent Josh Norman to the upper room. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They, 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 I, I'm glad uh, he got his uh, contract signed or whatever last season. I'm like, shit, man. Like, like, what else can the dude do? What he got? What else he got to prove? But this, but this is what I'll say though. When you got a guy that's running hard like that, and and I believe all of us on this call play football, I try to get in that hole as fast as I can because he get his speed up. Man, it's hell to tackle a guy like that. Hell, oh, hell 200, yeah. <laughs> 210 pounds, you hate to tackle him. If they get – if he if he starts running, now you see people running alongside of Derrick Henry trying to catch him, but if he get a speed up, nah, ain't nobody going to hit him because, man, you're going to be hurting neck, shoulders, everything. Yeah, some folks it, are just built hard. There was a guy, like that too. 
there's a guy I know Buck will never forget named Radford Radford Sherrell. We were playing just Lord a pickup game one time, and Buck Buck was making a tackle. Ralph was on his team. Ralph hit Buck from behind, trying to make the ta- trying to help Buck make the tackle, tackle, and almost knocked him out. I mean, Buck's nose got bloody. He blooded that man's yeah. nose. From, he hit him from behind from, and busted his nose from behind. <laughs> but see, because he, he said, because he said, he's with, a he said with Buck. Yeah, the he thing was, he, you know, he, that joker, he built, he built, you know, he wasn't them hard jokers. You know, like, Ralph Sherrill built like joker a joker to be 85 years old, and he could push a tractor. So, when he hit me, man, it was like, he took my, he took my soul out, dude. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Ooh, I'm like, you're my team, bro. But see, I, I, mean, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't like them kind of guys, man. You got to make sure if you hitting somebody – why would you come in and crash your old man from the back, from the side, anything? Every football <laughs> team got them kind of guys. I had, a bird's eye view. I had a bird's eye view of this man. When he hit, Buck used to have like a um, um, like a minute, you know, a little throw back then, right? When he hit Buck from behind, like I said, Buck's wrapping the guy up. He's about to make the tackle. Ralph came in and hit Buck. I saw... That when he hit him, I saw Buck's hair part in the back. He parted his his yeah. hair in the back. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that shit hurt. And next thing I know, Buck was on his knees and his nose would bleed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, some dudes are just built like trucks. And I ain't gonna lie, yeah. if I'm, I, what I would love to see, I would love to see Derrick Henry. Get met in the hole by Buddha Baker and see how that turns out. Buddha Baker's not that big, but he don't seem like the type of guy that's going to back down from anybody either. Somebody leaving on the stretch. It's probably going to be Buddha. If he don't, if he don't get low, he going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. If you don't get low, he going to the hospital. <laughs> you ain't tackling him up high. Now, Q, Q let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. Was you on the field with Buck when he got hit? Yeah, I was, I was about, five, about five, six yards away. I was real close. Oh, so you saying Buck, and all Buck could do is look at you and see your lips moving, and he could hear you. <laughs> yeah. You can hit hard That's like true. that on the football field, I'm telling you. You see people waving their hands, yeah. talking about come back in the huddle and do this and that, but you, you, yeah. you see them. Now, I'm, waiting. I mean, this I'm, waiting. Just, I'm this waving is, to come to the sideline. This is just a pickup game. You know, we're not wearing any equipment or anything. And like I said, oh. Buck got his head, he got his head parted <laughs> in the back. He got his head parted in the back. Oh man, I thought this was a high school game. No, no, this no. is a pickup game. <laughs> pickup game. See, we 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 used to tackle all the time. There was never any touch or any of that shit. We tackled and we we played against guys that are on our football team. So we man. just didn't mess around. You know, we weren't that, in, in the words see, of Baker Mayfield. We we weren't no wuss, but. But man, let me but tell you though, me. Ralph. Um, yeah, like Buck said, he's a preacher now. Nicest guy in the world. He was nice back then, but he just yep. he was he was a Mack truck. It was a, he was a Mack he's truck. He's still a Mack truck. Yeah, he yeah he still built the same. So, all right. So, Buck, who's the who's the person that stood out for you for the right reasons, and who stood out for the wrong reasons? That's not a stealer. Um, who stood out for me for the right reasons? I got to say the Atlanta Falcons are the team. You know, you you lose your GM and you lose your your coach, 
last week, and you come out on the football field, you actually show up for once. Um, now, I know it's just one game after, but it was just good to see Ridley. Julio Jones actually showed up. Um, you know, Matt Ryan was doing his thing. I mean, I think they put up 45 points, something like that, 42, something like something in the 40s. Um, they showed up and showed, you know, they, they did a good job. I mean, they have actually been in some games, but it was just good to see Atlanta win, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> Shit, they had so, the Cowboys game one. <laughs> yeah, they did. They had the, the game after that one. So, it's just good. It, so, I'm going to say the Atlanta football team, the Atlanta Falcons as a football team, they, they, that's, the, you know, for the right reasons. For the wrong reasons, Jerry Jones. Um, now, I know the players play on the football field, um, and we kind of discussed this earlier in the week. But Jerry Jones needs to step back and let somebody with a little bit more football knowledge actually get some players on the team. Now, I know he's got – when he first bought the team, he kicked out Landry and all that kind of crap. He got, you know, Jimmy Johnson in there, and they won a Super Bowl. And then he got Barry Switzer in there, and they won a Super Bowl with the players that were still on the team and all that. But since those days, Dallas has been a shadow of their former self. When you play for the Dallas Cowboys, whether you're a first stringer or whether you own the practice squad, it means something, okay? It means something after your career. Um, you know, it may help you in a job. You may, you may be opening up a construction place. Oh, I used to play for the Dallas Cowboys. That may get you, a, that may get you the job, you know, on a, on a bid or something like that. It's something special to play for the Dallas Cowboys because you're supposedly America's team. But he, I just think his evaluation of talent has just is is lack. He's got a lot of players on the team right now. Yeah, Zeke. He's a you know he's he's good. You know you got Dak. He can't miss mistake. He's decent. You know you you get the C.D. Lamb and some of these other players. You bring in Mike McCarthy. But there comes a point in time that you have to that you can still be the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, but you got to sit your ass down. Because you don't know what the hell you're doing. All these Rudy Poots he got back, back there, at you know in in the secondary, no, don't, don't nobody know none of them players. I don't even know what fucking college them fools came from. Okay, you got you got stars, elite stars. Now you know out there in free agency that you refuse to pick up, and then you keeping these punks. Okay. Yeah, you leading the division, but look at your fucking record. I mean, at the, at the pace of this this division going, I think six and ten may be the damn division champion. And I don't necessarily know if I want to play that. So you either gonna have to a bring in bring in a GM that actually runs the team that don't have nothing to do with it, and you sit your ass down. B bring in, you know, the evidently Mike Nolan can't coach defense anymore, so he needs to go, and he might need to go now. Look at your position coaches. I mean, this is Mike McCarthy's first year, so, you know, he gets a, he gets a pass. But everybody else that you kept or maybe he brought in and that's not doing their job, they need to go, okay? And see if you – you change some of your scouts. Change some of your college scouts and bring some – evaluate talent a little bit better than what they've been doing. Dallas, the league as a whole does better when Dallas is winning, okay? 
And I'm a Steelers fan, and I hate even say, letting that shit come out my fucking mouth. But at the same time, just you know, we got to face reality. If Dallas winning, it seems like the NFL kind of goes, you know, things just kind of flow better. But they had not flowed better in years. So, Jerry Jones, sit your ass down. Let somebody else run things. You keep your mouth shut. You know, kind of like, you know, this election. If Trump keeps his mouth shut, maybe maybe he's faking COVID. So, he's keeping his mouth, that's faking, you know, keeping his mouth shut. So, maybe he can get reelected. So, same thing here. Jerry Jones, keep your mouth shut. Let somebody else run it. And maybe you might make the playoffs and maybe win a couple of playoff games. All right. And who I miss, Eminem? No, nah, Ray. Yeah. Ray. Uh, who did yeah. you like in week, week week six, Ray? And who did you not well, like? Well, abs- absolutely Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was absolutely sensational. I mean, one of the best things I've seen as a running back, probably in my – my top five best days as a running back. I mean, that guy is just speed, he's strength. He's everything you would want in a running back. You know, he's able to run around people, run through people, you know, run away from people. And, you know, he's a – if you was to drop a Bill Cow running back on the video game or something, it would be him. And I mean, he just did it all on on, on uh, Sunday. But a team that or, or somebody that did disappoint, I'm gonna say the entire New England Patriots team. I mean, Cam Newton to me, that's always been his problem. He's um, you can't trust him. I don't know what his numbers were or or what, but I know if he was quarterback, he you. shouldn't have let that happen. He was 17 for 25. 157 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, four sacks, two fumbles, even though he didn't lose any of them, 76 yards rushing, a touchdown, and a 51% passer rating, 51.6 passer rating. It's about, it's about time he threw some balls and actually went for the fumble. If he had gone for the fumble of the Super Bowl, he might could have won the damn thing. Uh-oh. But, but see, did, this is what, what he would definitely still been in Carolina, he would have. When you yes, when you get a guy like this, because he was playing us when he went and he run down the field, getting up, screaming and hollering and all that. Hey, I want you to be consistent on that energy. That's what I want. See, a guy can talk, he can dance, he can do everything he want to do. But if you play like an all-star every week, you can get that off. But if you don't play like an all-star, you got to kind of fall back on some of that. You know, and... You know, I think that's what needs to happen because they had a chance to really put themselves in a good spot. But now I believe New England is what three and three. That, mm-hmm. they, they, they lose, that's not they good in the AFC because because they the Bills lost two weeks in a row. They'd have been right there with them or right behind they're, them or whatever. I, I think they're they actually two the and three. Yeah, two and three. That oh oh New England is two and three. Wow. Yep. You know the, the funny now, the funny thing the funny thing you're talking about Ray, yeah. you're talking about confidence. You know you were saying something about his confidence and him being consistent when he's winning yeah. and talking all that shit and, and opening this church like he's Superman and everything. You think he's doing it? You know he's doing his thing. But when he he oh, gets that, get that ass whooped, 
he got that towel yeah. over his head, and he looking looking like a bitch on the sideline, which he looks like a bitch most of the time anyway now. But mm-hmm. the, I call him Pam Newton. I don't call him Cam. So you, you got to start <laughs> dressing like a dude. And then that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. You, if you don't start dressing like a man, you ain't going to act like one. So yeah. anyway, we ain't gonna take, we're not going to get too far in that. But the bottom line of it is is that Cam has to step up, and he has to do better than what he's been doing. You can't just go out there on athleticism alone and do and and do the damn thing. You got to do some film study. You got to study defenses. There's more to it than being just using your athleticism to be a quarterback, a black quarterback in the National Football League. Cam hadn't done enough, and I I I, I just don't. I mean, since the only real decent person that's come out of Auburn in a while was Kevin Green, and that's going way back. So I mean, Kevin Green. Yeah, I'm going all the way back there. But the bottom, I mean, yeah, Cam's decent. He's been, you know, MVP of the league and all that. But Cam has is a shadow as his former self. And, you went back to the and, and he's got. To, yeah, I did go back to the eighties. And yeah, that that that's true. He need to he need to step it up. Man. And what makes it bad? What makes this bad is. You know, New England don't get whooped in New England. You went there and let the Broncos, I believe that's the first win for the Broncos, come up there and whoop you like that. You know, yeah, like that's pretty bad. in New England. Listen, and New England had to play Kansas City in New England. They want to got a six-point spread. It might have been four. And let these guys whoop you by six points at home, that's unacceptable. Well, I hear you. And, Buck, I, I feel you on Kevin Green, but I'm not going to let you uh, disrespect Al Del Greco. <laughs> you can't stop him. You can only contain him. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> hey, Al Del Greco or Flipper Andrew. But, uh, all right, so for me, I, I'm kind of along with you all. I think Derrick Henry stood out. I don't have to rehash that. And um, I had – Cam Newton as my other person, but since Ray said the uh, whole New England Patriots team, I'm going to go with Adam Gase uh, with the Jets, man. How this guy still has a job, I don't know if he got a picture of somebody's wife with another man, or I don't know what it is, but Adam Gase is still, is still coaching. He is still no, coaching. These guys, these guys going to run it on out, and they're going to get that first pick because Sam Darnold doesn't go. Somebody's going to give you a haul for Trevor Lawrence. I'm talking about five first-round picks. Now they can say, well, do I do something with these five first-round picks or do I take Trevor Lawrence and get rid of Sam Darnold? That's what's going to be interesting. Y'all keep going. And what's so sad, what's so sad is that Adam Gates won't be there for whatever they get. (laughs) Because as soon as this season is over, he's going to get bounced. So, Adam Gates. Adam Gates, he's knocking off the, the Jets owner's wife, man. Come on. That's the only reason that fool got a job. No, I, I, agree with, I agree with Ray. This is what they want. This is what they want. Um, the, because I think they get rid of Sam Darnold um, for Trevor Lawrence. I really do. But if you if you believe in Trevor Lawrence, man, Sam Darnold, you can have a whole bunch of picks to go with him, like Ray said, because somebody's going to give you a bunch. And um, could it be New England. I don't know. They always seem to have about 50 picks. So, um, 
right, so as far as our teams, um, Buck, who stood out for you in the Steelers um, game? Uh, the Steelers played Cleveland, and they didn't have much problems. So who stood out for you, and who needs to step up a bit? Well, who stood out? James Conner. Um, yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, it's pretty obvious everybody was stepping up for the Steelers and stepping out. Um, but James Conner with his third 100-yard rushing game of the season, um, just really impressive. He was actually, you know, should, his ass should have been on damn NFL Network on Good Morning Football because he he just straight just brutalized somebody running over him. Um, he's running with authority. The offensive line is playing great, even though we don't have um, DeCastro in there. He's, he was out this week. And, um, I mean, James Conner's running like a man possessed out there. You know, we're closing our games, you know, with with James Conner starting in the third quarter. So, James Conner really kind of stood out, even though Claypool did his thing. Um, Washington had a good game. Two, it stepped up, too. So, um, But Conner was the one. Um, who needs to step up? Um, I think. I mean, really, probably nobody after a thirty-eight to seven win. Probably, I mean, in the, in the game was thirty-eight to zero. I would say, you know, Fitzpatrick, and uh, he did step up in the first quarter by picking, getting a pick six. You know, he, you know, things have been kind of, kind of quiet for him lately. But um, that pick six kind of ignited everything, and um, really just. You know, there was no stopping us in that game. I didn't think it was going to be a blowout. I thought it would be a game. But Cleveland, man, they must have stayed on the bus. We beat their ass. All right. Eminem, what about your Eagles, man? Uh, I know, Ray, y'all had a bye, right? Um, yep. Eminem, what about your Eagles? Uh, what, what stood out? Who stood out for the right reasons? Who stood out for the wrong reasons? Eminem. Nobody's. Oh, my up. bad. I was on mute. My bad. My bad. I was saying, uh, when I criticize somebody, if they turn around and and make some adjustments to to some of the criticism I give them, I got to give them a little credit. So, man, um, I, I like the way Wentz uh, uh, took care of the ball better. That was like some kind of freak, some kind of um, non fumble pick thing or whatever, but outside of that, um, you know, he he played he played pretty good and uh he had some spect he had one spectacular run in the fourth quarter. I love that. And um he's attacking the edges more. Um and he's playing more so within what's happening. You know, just kinda calming down. Hey, it ain't but one damn Patrick Mahomes, you know, okay, it ain't but one damn T B twelve. The hell with all that shit. Just run your team, um, you know, kind of like how TB12 was in the beginning of his career, sort of how uh, Russell was, you know, kind of early on. It's just like he'll, he'll light you up, but it's just like if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. Don't worry. We're just trying to win the game. So I'm thinking that uh, that's starting to kind of sink in. So we're going to be in good shape looking at that. Also, if I give somebody credit, if they do something, I'm gonna turn around and and, and 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 say something when they don't. And and I'm the biggest Miles Sanders fan it is 
as far as current players. But, man, nine carries 118 yards, this sounds asinine to say that's what I had a problem with. But you you, you got to seize the moment. In the, I think this was in the second quarter. I mean, Wentz had a beautiful pass straight to you in the end zone. Nobody really was defending you, and you and you didn't you didn't catch the damn ball. Then you had a spectacular run, fumbled the damn ball like on the four or five yard line, and JJ Ortega Whiteside was just having to be around. And he jumped on the ball and scored. So, if you want to properly, at some point in your career, get recognized as some of the up and coming talent, man, you you got to seize the moment. So. You know he's young and stuff still, so I mean I ain't I ain't tripping like that, but I I just kind of I was just like damn, you know that was, you know if you, you know, you you can't control who puts you in the Hall of Fame. That's some shit way down the line. But who knows? Something that simple could mean the difference of being on the cover of Madden or something. You know, so to young dudes that's a big deal. So I'm saying I I would love to see him, you know, kind of get into that conversation. But if you don't seize the moment, then it just be like. You know, it'll be me talking about you and a few more people talking about you, but nobody else. So, got to kind of throw some salt on um, the play calling at the very end of the game. Um, We were doing some type of, like, fake read option, but I'm saying, like, Baltimore is not the type of defense you could just keep pulling that type of shit on. So, just drop back attack the edge, and, you know, try to hit somebody, you know, in the end zone. But J.J., I mean, uh, Matthew Judon came through there and blew that shit up, and that was, you know, but that was a wrap at that point, you know. So, a lot of injuries still, but. All right. Uh, well, I know course, Carson you Wentz ain't got to tell you, so, you know. <laughs> right. Carson Wentz is on pace to get sacked 64 times, man. That's just, yeah. that's rough. That's right. How many yards rushing did he have, though? Uh, let's see, shall we? You know, he got. I think he got what sacked six times in this game, didn't he? Oh yeah, he was getting killed. Yeah, that's. But he had five five runs, four nine yards, and a touchdown. So. Okay. All right. So. As far as I'm concerned, as far as who stood out for the right reasons for Dallas. Um, I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, seven catches on 10 targets, 64 yards. Could have gone for Mari Cooper, either one. But um, I thought the rookie, you know, did all right. Um, as far as who stood out for the wrong reasons, I don't know if y'all got a couple hours. Um, but I, I guess I'm going to go with Zeke. I mean, it's just too obvious. You cannot put the ball on the ground like the, like he's been doing. Okay. First of all, the Cowboys are by far the worst in the league when it comes to turnovers. They're like minus 12 um, on a turnover. And I don't think anybody else is within three or four of that. I don't know. But uh, they're minus 12 on turnovers. And, I mean, Zeke to fumble on like just back-to-back like he like he did. And, I mean, he's lost, uh, what, three this year, and he's fumbled four times. And I mean, I don't think the sleeves help, the little cotton sleeves that he wears. Where I don't think that helps, but now since you have that reputation, kind of like with Tiki Barber, everybody's going to be uh-huh. going for that ball, and that's a problem. Yeah. 
So he's not going to be able like to that run. With, uh, AP early in his career it was like that with him too. Yeah, yeah. So he's not going to be able to run and break tackles like he wants because he's going to be focused on holding the ball. So that's going to be a huge damper on him, man, a huge damper. But uh, outside of that, I mean, I, I would – I think the offense let the defense down on this one. The defense played well for the first three possessions. And then after the, the two turnovers, the defense like, okay, man, it's like whatever. It's like they quit, which, you know, you can put that on coaching if you want. But, and, I mean, anytime you have two receivers uh, who have four catches for averaging like 40 yards on, on four catches, that, that's just, that's still, that don't make no sense combined, you know. And so they're they're just bad, man. They are just bad. This is this is the worst defense I've seen in my life. Okay, and I've seen some really bad teams. I remember the 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 Tampa Bay Bucks from the seventies. I remember the Saints that had the bags on their head and one in fifteen Saints. I even think back to the one in fifteen Cowboys. They were not this bad, and they only won one game. This is the worst defense I have ever seen in my well, life. What about Detroit? That year, Detroit didn't win no games. It was like, uh... man, Detroit played better defense than this. <laughs> this is this is historic. I mean, this is historically bad. If they if they keep going at the pace they're going, it's going to be the worst defense in the history of the the modern league since like the sixties. So that's that's how bad it is, and and there's no way I would want that attached to my name. But these guys seem like, you know, they just doing whatever. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence had three tackles on that um, on that end around that they they um, scored a touchdown on. Christian, I think Christian Kurt scored a touchdown on the end around. Well, it was a pass technically, but um, the wide receiver sweep. I mean, he was supposed to. I'm assuming he was supposed to contain, but he was so far inside, man. I'm like, okay, what are you? Are you stunned? What are you doing? You know, I mean. I know Randy Gregory's coming back. I don't know if that's going to help or not, and ain't gonna help the DBs. So, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. But uh, man, they are horrible. They are absolutely horrible. I was sitting there watching that game, and it's like, man, my friends don't even make fun of me no more, man. I have one dude talking about, man, I felt like I need to send you some flowers or something. He's like, it ain't even no fun. He said, it's like kicking a dead body. What you get out of it? So. <laughs> I even I even text you and said, look, I ain't even a Dallas Cowboy fan, and I'm mad. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm going like, I mean, the game, every time, I mean, I left, I was at Miller Air House, and the game was, you know, it was getting out, it was already out of week. By the time, and the Miller Air House from where I live is only like eight minutes. By the time I got home, they had scored two more times. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm going like, in eight minutes. You took eight minute drive. You took to score two more touchdowns. Yeah, because it was like right, okay. I went when Christian Kurt scored his touchdown. I went to the kitchen to get some water, and I come back and they're celebrating the end zone. I was like, wait a minute, I just they just got the kick. I mean, I was confused, man. I thought like my TV had skipped or something. Like I didn't know what had happened, you know. And the to see Daryl Worley. How many times has Daryl Worley got to be beaten by double digit yards on a on a play? Oh, I man. mean it. Anytime, oh, man. <laughs> anytime somebody you get beaten every week on a pass so bad that when they when they show the picture in the paper the next day you're not even in the picture, that's bad. 
That's bad. This guy can't even be in the picture on these touchdowns because he's so far behind. So, but anyway, um, as far as some of the other things that went down, uh, the Colts, Phillip Rivers brought the Colts back against the Bengals. That was that was kind of surprising. I thought they were kind of done there. And uh, Phillip Rivers threw for 371 yards, brought the Colts back, and keep them on pace in the AFC South with a 4-2 record. And Chicago yeah. took care of Carolina. They they shut down Teddy Bridgewater. It was it was kind of an ugly game, but that's what Chicago does. The Giants got a win over the Washington football team. We talked about Denver. What about the Vikings, man? What's going on with the Vikings? Cousins. I mean, Atlanta put change. Atlanta put both feet on them. They still got their feet on. I don't, I don't know. Um, I tell y'all one thing: that Justin Jefferson, that boy is a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's who I wanted. Y'all remember the draft show? That's who I. That's who I wanted us to get. He, he yeah. cold, man. Yeah. So I mean, they got some good receivers, but they they yeah. can't do hey, anything gotta, on on defense right now. And I'm I'm used to running back defense. Too. Yeah, and they're sitting on one in five. So. All right, and um, the Chiefs and the Bills was end up being a pretty good game. Are y'all surprised to see Andy Reid run the ball so much? Um, yeah, yeah, I am because I'm I'm sitting up here like because normally that's not really what he do, you know. But uh, I guess you know, uh, you know. At first, I thought like, yeah, like, well, Mahomes don't seem the least bit injured in no kind of way. So uh, now Andy normally don't run the ball too much. He don't really do that. And uh, he was going back and forth with, with uh, Hilaire and Williams. And, uh, you know, both of them was running good and strong. And and uh, But the Kansas City defense started showing up big time, man. They was uh, sacking the shit out of Josh Allen. Now, he ain't no easy dude to sack like that. You know, he was, you know, uh, he's hard to bring down when he – of course he's hard to bring down when he runs. But, I mean, even, even when he's in the pocket – Kind of like John Elway, man. You, if you ain't just coming, you ain't gonna just finger him down and shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. And um, I thought Los Angeles missed the opportunity. The Rams missed the opportunity with the 49ers. I thought they could have won that game. They came oh, up they short. Did. They blew it. They blew it. And, and um, blew it. What, I, I, was Jim, anybody ask you? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Akers. I noticed he didn't really play much Sunday at all. I seen him one time on the field. Is, is something going on? Or have you heard anything? I I I think he had an injury at one point, and I think he kind of just one of them things where he kind of lost his job to 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 injury because um, I mean they he was highly touted and they looked like everything was starting well. Because for him see the reason why I said that the previous week he had like the most most yards he done had so far. He had like sixty one. Whoever they played uh, last Sunday. And yeah, but um, yeah, he had um on nine carries against Washington, but um, I, I don't know if he was hurt or not. But he he didn't he got in on a snap. He was in on one play, and that was I, it. That's what I remember seeing one play. I remember seeing one yeah. play. Okay. So I don't know, but um, what about Tampa Bay, um, going ham on the Packers? Well, that, that, mean, was, surprising. that, that, that was, was surprising. That was real surprising. Because Green Bay jumped out to an early ten zero lead. And then they just shut the door. And they were like, all right, that's enough of that. We gave you the 10 points. We were going to spot you. 
Um, you know, Tampa Bay is still, you know, they're they're still not at full strength yet. You know, Evans is still hurt, um, and a couple of others on the offensive line. You know, they're still getting their feet wet. So they're they're winning without their you know number one receiver out there. You know, they're throwing and, the Gronk, they're throwing the, you know, everybody else, and the, you know that they, they still well, haven't really unleashed. And then Lamonte Davis, boy, he David, he coming with it on defense. Man, that yeah, guy. Yeah. I was like, man, he was all over the place in that game. Yeah. All right. So let's look at next week, starting with Thursday's game. Eminem, the Giants at the Eagles. Oh, no. We're not losing to the Giants. Uh, I I think it'll be, uh, uh, you know, definitely with a a division rival, I never just totally underestimated. But I, I mean, with Saquon, Hurd, and. And uh, Daniel Jones, you know, kind of up and down, not really fitting into that system that good. I, I don't really, I don't really see us tanking this one out. All right, we go to Sunday. I got Dallas. Let's see, Dallas at Washington. Well, there's a saying where it's like, uh, "Fool, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me 879 times, shame on me." They are not going to get me on 880. I am not picking Dallas until they actually win a game. So I'm going with Washington. All wow. Right. Ray, Ray Detroit at Atlanta. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, it is bad. I'm, I'm going to go with the Falcons. Despite them losing games, they were in them and blew two or three of them games. So I'm going to go with Atlanta. That's going to be a tough game to call right there. So um, it could be pretty close. But Green Bay at the Houston Texans. You know, before last week's game, I, this game would be, you know, would be a blowout, blowout for Green Bay. But Green Bay on the road again, and after they got shellacked last week um, in Houston, when uh, I'm actually going to take Houston in the upset over Green Bay for a second, Green Bay getting beat for a second week in a row. All right. And I can't. Um, and while I got you, Buck, I don't know why this is not a three o'clock. Well, I guess on the East Coast, a four o'clock start, a four twenty-five start. For some reason, Pittsburgh and Tennessee is a, a one p.m. start. But uh, who you got, Pittsburgh, or Tennessee? Well, we know what kind of man Derrick Henry is. I mean, he's he's a monster, and he's gonna be hard to stop. You know, he's gonna probably get his. But you know what? He, we he, we got the number one run defense, so. The best way to beat Derrick Henry is keep his ass on the sideline. We do have a ball control type offense if we need to run it that way. And we're going to have to run it that way this week. We've run one game different ways this year so far, and we're going to keep our undefeated record. We're going to beat Tennessee. All right. I can't wait to see that game. Ray, Cleveland at Cincinnati, the Battle of Ohio. Oh, man. I'm going to actually take Cincinnati on this I think uh, Joe Barrow is playing pretty good football. He was playing excellent football. And with with A.J. Green showing a little sign of health and with T.A. over there, don't make it. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Saints. All right. Eminem, Carolina at New Orleans. Teddy Bridgewater coming back to town. Oh, man. This is – this – this is going to be a real good game, but uh, I think New Orleans is going to have a little bit too much for them. So I'm going to take New Orleans on that one. All right. 
Buffalo at the Jets. Buffalo. I ain't got to say nothing else. All right. <laughs> Ray, right. C- Seattle at Arizona. Oh, man, that should be a good game. I know Seattle can't go undefeated all year, but I won't pick Seattle anyway. All right. M&M, San Francisco at New England. They go to New England. Um, yep. Man, there's no way Jimmy G not going to show out for this game. I'm taking San Francisco. Wow. Okay. And Buck, Jacksonville at the L.A. Chargers. Man, you give me – you God, you kill me with these games. Um, they, they are hard. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to go with the Chargers. I don't have – I mean, I know Gardner Minshew, you know, he the man. But they're going to get their ass what the charge is going to be. All right. And let's see. Who I got next? Ray. Uh, Tampa Bay at the Raiders. Oh, uh, man. We playing in Vegas. Uh, can they get up two weeks in a row? We'll, we'll, we'll see, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, I'm going to take one with you. I can't hear you, man. We can't hear you. Can you hear me? Nope. Oh, you can hear me now? Yes, sir. Yeah, I say I'm, I'm going to take, uh, Oakland, we playing at home. I mean, Las Vegas. We playing at home, and uh, we playing in Oakland. Tampa Bay have been, you know, up up and down. I mean, if they hadn't showed out against Green Bay, people would really doubt what they're going to do. So I'm gonna take oh, I'm gonna take uh, Vegas. All right, Eminem, Kansas City at Denver. Oh man, yeah, you can't beat Kansas City with no field goals. So uh, it's, uh, uh, Kansas City all the way on that one. That's probably gonna be the biggest win of their season. All right. And Buck Monday Night Football, Chicago at the L.A. Rams. Ooh, um, yeah, this is gonna be a good game. Um, this is gonna be must see TV. Um, but I'm taking Chicago. Um, I, I think their defense is better. Um, Cooper Cup showed me something last week. He was a, he was just not himself last week. I'm not sure what what was going on in that game with Cooper Cup, and um, they just yeah, I connection. noticed that too. <laughs> and um, this is not the first time this season that's happened. And if you get a, you get Chicago, one of them damn teams that you got to you know if they get a lead, they're gonna keep the lead. So. The Rams can ill afford to get behind, but I see them behind in this game, so I'm going with Chicago. All righty. Let's get into some who am I, where I describe the players by height, weight, draft position, and all that good stuff, and you guess who they are. Rays are returning champion for like 85 weeks in a row. So y'all ready? Hey, hey ready. I, I won one week now. I, I got five of them for you. So, here we go. 
I am a six foot five, two hundred and fifty six pound tight end, drafted in the first round, number thirty overall, out of Virginia in two thousand five by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who am I? Oh man, Rudolph. Cal no, Rudolph. No, two thousand five. Two thousand five. Who was the tight end then? Oh, two-time um, Super Bowl um, champ. Oh, that's the dude. Then I'm going to Green Bay. One, oh, Miller. Damn, Heath Miller. Earl Heath Miller. Oh, I was gonna say Heath Miller. I, I thought Heath Miller before that. Man, my bad. Damn, I should have said that. <laughs> I am a six foot four, two hundred and sixty-six pound edge rusher. Drafted number two overall in 2019 by the 49ers out of Ohio State. Who went? Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. I think Ray got that one. I beat you. No, I got that one. I, I said it first. first. No, he didn't. No, he did not. I wish I could rewind it on the fly. Rewind it. Well, I wish Most I could on the fly. I can't do it. On, that that one's gonna have to be contested. If, if we have to no have a tiebreaker, I might have to look at that I one. Right. I'm throwing, I'm throwing in the little I red, little red challenge flag on that one. <laughs> I did it first. All right. Eminem said it second. Let's go and, to the next one. Said it last. Let's go to the next one. I am a six foot. They hate on you, right? I'm a six foot, two hundred and thirty five pound running back. Turned 39 years old today. Drafted in the first round, number 23 overall, out of Miami, the U, by the Buffalo Bills. Frank Gore. Frank Gore. Who am I? Nope. Frank Gore. Oh, uh, Will, Willie McGinnis. Willie, Willie McGinnis. Um, damn. Uh, I didn't hear the right name. Oh, uh, I thought Ray said it. No. Nope. You said nope. I said, said Dre. I, I can't nope. hear some static. You said Fine, first round. You said first, first round, round of what year now? Two thousand three. Two thousand three. Two thousand. That was Willie McGinnis. Nope. Nope. Thirty nine years old, Miami. And the way, and you, and you say Miami drafting them? The you. He came from the U, drafted by Clint Buffalo. Nope. No, 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 no. Damn. Yeah, McGahee. Willis McGahee, not McGinnis. You said oh, Willie McGinnis. Say, bro. Come on, man. I don't know. I can't go with what you're trying to say. I got to go with what's said. <laughs> Willis that's what Andrew McGahee. That's what the problem was. I'm like, what? Yeah, you will be beginning to defensive end. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's what I said. That's his leg up, man. I am a six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound quarterback. Drafted number three overall out of Oregon in two thousand two by the Detroit Lions. Who am I? Joey Harrison. Stafford. John Harrison. Joseph Harrington. There you go. All right, last one. Now you all all have 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 one, and you got the one that's contested. So this could be what do, what does it all. So here we go. Five foot ten, one hundred and eighty pound quarterback, 
drafted in the 11th round in 1985 by the Los Angeles Rams out of Boston College. Doug Flutie. Douglas Richard Flutie. Hey, we we still tight. You're going to see that when you wind the tape back. Let's see. Well, you know what? Let's 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 just do one more then. Uh, uh-uh, no, no, no! I'm gonna lose. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought Ray got that one that y'all said everybody said they got. I thought I heard Ray first. Uh, no, man, I know, I they, first. They, they know I, I said first. it first. When you rewind that tape, you gonna find out. Yeah, you gonna find out I was first. All right, so. We 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 can have the brawl for it all right here, or I can just check the tape tomorrow, whichever one you want. Yeah. See, like, I, dude, I'm the champ. I defend the belt anytime, anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> no, no. All right, here we, here we go. Here we go. Last one. I am a six foot four, two hundred and thirty two pound quarterback, drafted in the first round at number twenty two. In 2007, by the Cleveland Browns out of Notre Dame. Who am I? Oh, uh, man. Brian. Brian. Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. Tyler Quinn. Man, y'all better get it. I couldn't get it out. That's why I didn't want to do another one, because I couldn't get it out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now we're going to do a little this or that. Okay. Who would you like to start your franchise with if this player was in his prime? And we're gonna start off with some Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And Ray, would you rather have Steve Young or Dan Marino? I'd rather have uh, Dan Marino. Buck, what about you? Great quarterback. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's what I was say. Steve Young is a great quarterback, but we don't know how much that's the really Jerry Rice and everything else. Dan Marino had one of the freaking releases ever. And, you know, he should really have a Super Bowl when he wasn't the best quarterback. He had 60,000 passing yards, and, you know, that wasn't really the throwing arrow back then. I mean, he threw a lot, but, you know, he got to give a lot of credit. I'm Buck? I got to go Dan Marino as well. I mean, he's got some really good numbers. And, yeah, he did arrive at the Super Bowl his first year. He wasn't quite ready yet because he was still a youngster. But uh, Dan Marino, throughout his career, even though he didn't go back to Super Bowl after that, I mean, Dan Marino was just, he was perennial. You know, he always did did it the best, um, you know, with some talent sometimes and not so good talent other times. I mean, you had to come to play if you were playing against Dan Marino. So I'm going to have to say Dan Marino, even though I do like Steve Young. All right, Eminem? Oh, man, you know like I say, damn my boy, but I, I can't turn down the dual threat, man. Plus, Steve Young, a lot of people might not know it, uh, but for I forgot how many years after he retired, he was the most uh, – he had the highest – like when they started keeping up with QBR, he had the highest QBR in NFL history for a certain point of time. I think uh, Peyton Manning, somebody broke it. Broke it uh, 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 I can't remember who broke it, but, uh, yeah, I'm going with uh, Steve Young. Got to have that dual threat. All right. So, Eminem, I'm going to start with you on this one. All right. Phillip Rivers in their prime. Phillip Rivers or Matthew Stafford? Oh, my God. Man, that's hard. Damn. They basically the same dude. 
Oh, shit. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to edge it out to Phillip Rivers just for the leadership ability. That's it. Phillip Rivers. All right. Ray, who do you think? Ray. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers. I say, you know, he, he didn't win some games. He should have won. And he did the match with Stafford. When a guy is in the top ten in all statistical passing categories, you got to get Because whether you win or not, he's all fame. All right. Bob, who do you got? Phillip Rivers, Matthew Stafford. I got to go Phillip Rivers. Um, Phillip has just done more. Than Stafford. I mean, yeah, they're basically the same dude, but Matthew Stafford, I mean, uh, Philip Rivers, one of them guys that just, I mean, even when he's losing the game, this Joker, he he that ir- irritating motherfucker that he's going to talk shit whether he win, lose, or draw. And he coming after you. He's going to talk shit to defensive ends, linebackers, DBs, whatever. And, you know, he just, he's got that heart. And he just got something that you just can't coach. And that wins you a lot of football games in a lot of cases. So I got to go Phillip Rivers. All right. And let's see. Buck, I will stick with you. Ryan Fitzmagic or Nick Foles? Nick Foles. He's got the hardware. Um, and, And I understand that Fitzpatrick's been all over the league learn different offenses and all that kind of stuff. But he, he, but this is a guy that can throw for 877 yards one week and 32 yards the next week. It, the consistency is not there. Um, he's doing a little bit better this year because, you know, he looked like he's the man until this week when two of his names started. But um, I, I, I got to go with um, – got to go with Foles. All right. And Eminem, what about you? This magical falls. Oh, man. Surprise, surprise, surprise. The guy with the statue versus a guy that's going to be labeled as a great journeyman. Uh, I'm going to take Alex. Give me Nick's Foles. <laughs> All right. Ray, who you got? This magical falls. I mean, I think Chris Madden is probably a better player, but Nick Foles got that hardware, and he plays big and big moments. So I had to Nick Foles because, you know, once you get that hardware, man, and we really got him there to win it. You know, it was like he was just sitting guilt for nobody. He really did something that he could win. Go up against Tom Brady like he did. Well, that goes a long way. He just ran to get another chip. He's going all things. All right, Ray, let me stick with you. I'm going to blow the dust off of this one, Ray, so you're going to have to reach back in your memory. Steve DeBerg, Steve DeBerg or Dave Craig? Wow. I like Dave Craig, man. Dave Craig had some, the Hall of Fame numbers at the time that he retired. I mean, I believe he got almost uh, 40-something thousand yards, I believe, close to 40,000. And you know, yeah, uh, thirty-eight thousand. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think uh, I would take him. Bird, you know, I know he played at uh, Miami. I think the Jets as well. But nah, 
And Buck, who you got, Steve DeBerg or Dave Craig? Steve DeBerg. Uh, he's the mastermind behind the play-action pass, mainly because his hands were almost as big as a fucking basketball. I mean, he had the biggest hands for a quarterback I'd ever seen. And when he was handing the ball off to a running back, you just didn't see it because his hands were just blocking the football. And sometimes when he do that play-action pass, that joker throwing the ball downfield. He had a he he was just kind of one of those. You just didn't expect him to do it, but he did it. And he also had a you know a fairly decent quarterback coaching career after he retired. I, I got to go, with Steve the Bird. Eminem, break the tie. Oh yeah, man, I'm I'm going with the Bird. Uh, like I say, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, he was he spent some time in Kansas City, and uh, yeah. yeah. And, and then I think he spent some time in Tampa too. So, but I remember he did real good yep. in K- Kansas City, considering. So, uh, yeah, Steve, Steve Bird, that joker. Was, he was the first player I knew that that I was a quarterback to play. He was what forty one or something like that before all that shit started. Yeah. Yeah. He um, <laughs> actually played his last game at forty four years old with the Falcons. Yeah. Um, hey, he, I want to make you guys aware of something though. He has more interceptions for his career than he does touchdowns. He does. Well, he does. Well, we know that. He does. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah. he, I think that's who Joe Montana replaced on the 49ers, I think. Uh, uh, I believe so. He was. I believe so. He came in the league in 78, and then he left in 80. He was with the 49ers. He came in the league in 78, didn't have his first winning season until 89 with Kansas City. And then in 1990, he went 11-5 with the Chiefs, 20, 23 touchdowns, only four interceptions, his best season. But, uh, yeah, I, I like Steve DeBerg, too. So, all right, Eminem, the last one's for you. I already know where you're going to go. Kirk <laughs> Cousins or Carson Wentz? Oh, my God. Man, don't even insult Carson Wentz like that. Carson Wentz, baby. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to at least say Jared Goff. God damn, Kirk Cousins ain't did shit, man. He don't even need to be in the conversation. Hey, hey, he stayed on the field. Buck, who you got, Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins? If, Car- if if Carson if um Kirk Cousins was actually winning this season, you know I like that I like that, but he's not winning, so I got to go with Carson Wentz. And right? Yeah, I would say um Kirk Cousins wasn't as bad as people say he is, and if he wasn't for this season here, I probably would think it would be a whole lot closer. Although Carson Wentz showed. He has
smelling funny. All right. Okay, so let's go here. Let me let me let me switch it up a little bit with you. All right, and we'll go with this. Buck, I'll start with you. The seventy nine Steelers defense or the eighty six Bears? Wow, that's hard. <laughs> but in a way it's not. I I got to go with the I mean as good as the Bears defense was I got to go 79 students because, I mean, you dad already won two Super Bowls and in on in route to the third one in 79. So I, I got to go with the 79. I think I want to say the 79 students were the ones when they had five. I want to say it was 79. They had five games, but they, undefe- they were, you know, had no points scored on. I think so, that uh, might have been. I, I think that was go. the 74 Steelers. They had all the shutouts. Yeah, that, yeah. that 79 game, that's when they should have went to the all. If they had instant replay, y'all wouldn't have went to that one, man. The autos would have went. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But, the autos got messed up in that one. But uh, I'm going to go with I'm going with Steeler defense. Okay. Uh, and what do you say? Man, that's a, it's a tough one. But one thing about it, I'm going to give the – I'm going to edge it out to the 86 Bears because they were clearly the main reason why the Bears were so good. Uh, but the Steelers, the 79 Steelers, they, I mean, they was, they was, um, you know, for that era, they was dominant on offense too. So I'm going to say the 86 Bears, they had, they had to hold it down a little bit more. Okay. Ray? i let you break the tie. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, the Bears. The Bears, next to seeing the Ravens defense, I believe the 2002, the Bears were the best I ever seen. I mean, I was, I was expecting to feel hurt from defense and all that, but to me, when you look at uh, Richard Denton, I don't understand you, man. I can't hear you at all. Down the hall. Yeah, but but I was saying that um, yeah, I have to to pick the uh the Bears because they're the best defense okay. I ever seen next to the two thousand two Ravens. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, I got you. Oh, okay. All right, right. I'm gonna stick with you. This is the last one. Here we go, right? Yeah. The eighty four Miami Dolphins offense or the eighty one San Diego Chargers offense. Now, let me give you some of the players. Uh, oh, yeah, I know he Dan, West Chandler. Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Uh, Tony Nathan at running back. You had Mark Duper. You had Nat Moore. You had Mark Clayton. Jimmy Cephalo. And then with the Chargers, you had Dan Fouts, Chuck Muncie at running back, West Chandler, Kellen Winslow, and Charlie Joyner both went over 1,000 yards. Which one you got, the 81 Chargers or the 84 Dolphins? Uh, I'm going to take the, the 81 Chargers because, I mean, Winslow at that time was probably considered to be a top three tight end. I mean, then you got Charlie Joyner and you got Chuck Muncy. Dan Fouts is always good. I know my dad's like Dan Fouts. He's throwing little short passes and whatnot. And so I, I'm going I'm to take uh, – 
to 81 San Diego Chargers. All right. Although don't the Marx that... brothers was doing anything. Yeah. And West Chandler was the truth, too. With, uh, yeah, West Chandler. And Buck, who do you got? 81 Chargers or 84 Dolphins? Offense. 80, 81 Chargers. I mean, that was a that was a sweet team um, with all those, you know, those cast of characters with Kellen, Kellen Winslow. Um, you know, at that particular time, um, you know, Kellen Winslow was, was a household name. Um, anytime that you turn the TV on and, and the Chargers were playing, even if they weren't playing, you saw highlights of, you know, of Kellen Winslow. So I, I definitely got And Dan Faust, I mean, this this is a guy that you know he fought in the trenches. Um, you know he talk, he took the big hits. Um, sometimes he scrambled and make a play, but I, I got to go with the eighty one charge. Did you not hear me say Jimmy Cephalo? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Eminem, who you got? We <laughs> heard. Uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna take a different route on it, man. I'm going with them, them, them uh, the eighty three Dolphins. I mean eighty four Dolphins, because uh, uh, like I say, man, that Chargers team was hell, but. Man, I offensively at that time at that era, I mean, it looked like the world was changing. Uh, the way the Dolphins was, then they had the the killer bees and all that shit too. So, man, I'm I think I roll with them Dolphins on that one. Yeah, the only thing like with the Dolphins, they didn't run the ball. But right. um, anytime you have two receivers go over seventy catches and thirteen hundred yards, man, that's crazy. And Mark you know, played, and you made it. Had, you know, and you made it to the Super Bowl because, see, like I said, yeah. they was basically playing the same teams, and the Chargers had all that firepower, but they couldn't get past uh, Oakland. The they couldn't get past Cincinnati. Yeah. They couldn't get past uh, the end of next year. Uh, the year after that, they couldn't get past Miami. So, you know, yeah. so that's that's the tiebreaker. With me. Mark Mark Clayton had eighteen touchdowns that year. And. So. Yeah, they were the only team to that to next season. Too. They was the only team that kept the uh, that kept the Bears from from messing up the uh, perfect season. Yeah, yeah. And, and check see, all out. them dudes, Mark, pretty much all them dudes was alive then. You know, like Mark now Clayton half seventy two Dolphins dead, but you know <laughs> had thirteen hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns, and he was not an All Pro. So my question is, who was All Pro in nineteen eighty four? They kept him from being all for 18 touchdowns. Yeah, who did the voting shit? I'm trying to well, see. It depends on what the, what the season was. So they, I'm they trying to see if I can figure out who it was. It uh, may have been. Um, because that, at that, that, that time, Seattle, they were still maybe. picking NFC and AFC separate. So who in the AFC uh, was doing it like that? All right, let's see. All pro 1984. Uh, let's see. I'm looking for. I'm trying to find AP. Probably Boy, they got so Swarm many different. Somebody. Yeah, Chris got, well, okay, they got it. <laughs> they don't have him like credited with All Pro, but I see his name on this list for. Um, they got well, first team All Conference, AP second team All Pro. So for Mark Clayton. So let me see if I can find first team. First team, James Lofton, 62 catches, 1,300 yards, seven touchdowns. Y'all don't get that. Well, this says NEA first team. What is the NEA, the Newspaper Entity Association? I guess that's before 
All right, here we go. AP, um, Henry Ellert. Why did he get first team All Pro? He had a horrible season. All right, man, this name must not be right. That don't sound right. This, this, this must not be right. But I'm, the people whose names I'm seeing, like Lewis Lips and Art Monk and Roy Green. Now, Roy Green had 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns. I get that. Yeah, Art Monk had. Bad boy, too. Yeah, Art Monk had 106 catches. Good, but I, I don't think he was all pro. He shouldn't have been all pro that year. He, Art Monk had, had like 106 catches, 1,300 yards, seven touchdowns. John Stallworth had 80 catches, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. You have some good numbers here for receivers, but, I mean, 18 touchdowns. Steve Largett, 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns. But, man, 18 I don't know. I, I I don't know how. Maybe they did the AP different back then, but I don't show him having any credits as an all-pro player. Five pro bowler. That's the only credit he got to his name. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. And did you see the Lomachenko fight with Lopez? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. All right. First of all, uh, Julie Letterman is an idiot. They should never let her judge a fight again. I did not think that. Anybody think that fight was 119-110 or 109? 109, no. I I, I think it it was more like eight rounds to 475, something like that. See, I was looking at, I I don't know, I was looking at like 116-114. I thought it was close. I thought it was close. I mean, Lopez Uh, had a lot of power shots and and don't get me wrong, I, I'm not saying it can't be 118-112, but I'm just saying that's how I, that's how I saw it. Now, I, I watched it again today, and I do think that Lopez was more consistent. Now, when Lomachenko went in, he went in hard. He dominated his first. And, I mean, for like, you know, when he won a round, he won that round. I think that um, – Lopez was more consistent. Man, I enjoyed the fight, especially that 11 12 round. Man, that was a good fight. Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, well, you know, I'm glad that Lopez put them paws on him, though. They keep talking yeah. about pound for pound. Everybody Lomachigo whoop on, they was much smaller guys. Now, I get the footwork and all that. He's great boxer. You can tell he's yeah. up in the gym. But at the same time, when he start fighting them guys that he should fight, that is 135 legitimately. That's why Biki Garcia should have left till he got that Lomachenko money. Terrence Crawford should have left until he got that Lomachenko money. He at 135, you at 140, you can't come down there and get that Lomachenko money. But, you know, hey, Tank Davis is going to get him too. Yeah. And over the next uh, few weeks, um, like you got um, Terrence Crawford fighting on ESPN in a few weeks. That's going to be on regular ESPN. And uh, Naoya Inoue, I don't know if y'all seen that Japanese guy fight. He's the one that um, he beat Nonito Donaire um, last year. Uh, Oh, yeah. But he's a bantamweight, I believe. But he's like pound for pound, one of the best boxers. So that means over the next, within like a two-month period, ESPN would have put on four of the top ten pound-for-pound boxers. Uh, 
in a month in a month period, really. So I think that's great that ESPN is doing that. They had three million people um, at their peak watch the fight on Saturday, so that was um, a very big number for them. And Crawford is going to fight Kill Brook on November fourteenth. So I think that's going to be a nice fight. But as far as what's coming up, you got Alexander Usyk fighting on Halloween. Uh, Sergey Lipinets is fighting this weekend. I guess they got named Cusio Clayton. I'm not familiar with him. Tank Davis is fighting Leo Santa Cruz on Halloween. That's going to be good. Leo Santa Cruz ain't no punk. And um, let's see. Yeah, then you got Terrence Crawford Brook on November 14. Eurekis Gamboa fights on November the seventh. I guess a guy named Devin Haney. So. Uh, oh yeah, you don't yeah. know Devin Haney. I've seen uh-huh. Devin Haney box a couple times. I see it oh, says he's yeah. undefeated. Yeah. I'm not familiar with Devin oh, Haney yeah. at all, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, Devin Haney. A, he the one keep commenting about. And Ryan Garcia, he in that class. You know, he grew up with right. Ryan Garcia. I'm about to check him out. 24 and 0, 15 knockouts. I'd check oh, yeah, him out. Yeah. Did you see um, Edgar Varenga in his fight? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was going to talk to you about. Man, this guy is getting up out of there. He got 15 and 0 with 15 knockouts and all of them in the first round. He getting up out of there. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, that's the, I think that's the third fight I've seen him him fight. His last fight, I want to say, it he actually almost got out of the first round. I think he knocked the guy out with like what ten seconds left in the first round. Or something. And one of my yeah. Guys. But uh, I think man, one, I think it was like ten or nine. This guy, when he hits you, it don't even be swinging that hard. But man, when he hits folks, man, it oh god, they they just yeah. they just fly all over the ring. It's like he'll glance you sometimes. It's not even a hard hit. And he'll still get you. Yes, so. And he's getting them up out of there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, so let me ask you this. All right. You're, you're, Ed, you're Edgar Ber- Berlanga. Everybody knows you as the guy that knocks people out in the first round, right? Would you continue to fight guys that you know you can knock out, or would you try to find a big money fight and possibly get exposed and ruin your record? No, I would I would take my time if I was a young guy coming in, because when you bring a guy up too fast and it gets beat, and everybody, you know, he wasn't ready. It's just like Canelo, they put so much money on the table, Floyd, he had to fight Floyd. For fighting him at 22 and fighting him at 27, not to say he would have won it at 27, but it would have been a much closer fight because he would have been more so ready. See, a lot of these guys, they come into boxing, oh, they're 15, and they turn pro and all this kind of this and that, but you're not going to beat a very seasoned world champion if you're that young. So, to me, I think you need to kind of come along slowly. You can up your competition a little bit, but you got to do it slowly. For the Charlo or somebody... You know, and you don't knock that guy out, or he been watching film on you. You gonna get discouraged when it get fifth, sixth round, and we don't know what your stamina is like because we ain't never seen it. So I would take my time with it. Okay. 
And um, I look forward to seeing him fight again. Well, all right, oh, fellas, yeah. that's going to do it for this week of the Very Unsportsmanlike podcast. Again, the website is anchor.fm forward slash 15 yards. And we're going to do this again next week, talk about what happened in week seven and anything else that's going on. Right now I'm watching the Dodgers and Rays, and I'm a Dodgers fan. I'm so tired of them letting me down. I'm hoping that they can win their first World Series since I was in high school. So we'll see if that happens. I'm more of a box score fan, though. I don't watch baseball on the regular. I just kind of watch the box scores a little bit. But so um, you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Watch some football. And Big Ten starts this weekend, so we'll see how they're looking. Uh, I know they got, like, Michigan and Minnesota playing Saturday, and both of them are ranked in the top 20. I don't know how they do these rankings, man. These rankings are garbage. I mean, everybody thought Auburn was good, and Auburn lost to South Carolina. That was disappointing. And there's been a lot of upsets, and I don't know where Liberty is where Liberty's even located. Anybody know what state that is? Is that Pennsylvania or something? I don't know where Liberty School is located. Uh, I think it's down south. It's in Tennessee or some shit. Uh, and so, um, and then Kentucky beating the brakes off of, like, Tennessee and old Mississippi State beat LSU, then they turn around and lose. Uh, it's it's a crazy season, man. I, I I think they can just – I don't know how they're going to decide who's going to play in the playoffs. But, uh, I mean, it's football, so I'm watching it. So uh, Yeah. yeah. Go but, um, it's not There's no consistency going on right now. So. But, all right, fellas, y'all take it easy. We'll holler at you next week. All right. All right, peace out. Peace.